Presented by Jaws and Select Blinds. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. We hope that you are doing well and enjoying the time that you have to spend in your home. If you're getting tired of staring at those four walls, we can help you spruce those walls up. If you'd like to reorganize, redecorate, or plan a project for now or in the future, now would be a great time to reach out to us. You can do that by calling 1-888-MONEYPIT because that's what we do. We're here to give you home improvement guidance, advice. We're your coaches. We're your cheerleaders. If you can do it yourself, we will tell you. If you can't, well, we'll tell you that too, because that could be even more important than trying something that doesn't work out all that well. Whatever's on that to-do list, slide it over to ours. Give us a call at one eight 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 Money Pit. Coming up on today's show, with the weather finally getting nicer, are you thinking of family-friendly outdoor activities for you and your little ones? Well, we've got a great suggestion. Why not create a kid-friendly garden? It's a good way to get the whole family involved in a fun project. We'll tell you exactly what you need to know to get started just ahead. And, you know, we get a lot of cleaning questions here. And one of them, I've got to say, takes the lead is how to clean a hardwood floor. It's really a tough spot to keep clean with all of the dirt that gets tracked in. And it's also one where you can't use a lot of water because you could potentially ruin that floor itself. We're going to have some tips to help you get those floors squeaky clean just ahead. And if you're taking on a painting project while stuck at home, don't toss that used paintbrush. We're going to share an easy hack to help you get it clean and save yourself the hassles of buying a new one. But first, we want to know what you want to know. What are you working on? What have you been staring at for so many weeks that you just can't take it anymore? Well, let us help you fix that. I'm sure Tom will tell you all about how I ran out of wallpaper for my powder room. But it looks half good, but we can help you make sure you have enough of whatever it is that you are working on. So give us a call. 888-666-3974. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Deborah in Pennsylvania needs some help with a log home. Tell us what you're working on. Um, my husband and I are renovating a Lincoln log house. Nice. Uh, I have, there is, in between the logs, there is chinking. Yep. And in between in between our chinking, it is filled with with stone, and I just I wanted to keep the stone there mm-hmm. and rechink it because it deteriorated over the years. Right. I found a recipe online mm-hmm. of clay, salt, and hydrated lime. Right. We did a couple test spots, and and when it dried, it cracked. So I don't know if the recipe is a good recipe or maybe we made it too too liquidy and it cracked. Um, and I, I do know that in the old houses they they also put straw or horse hair in the clay. It's the same reason they put rebar in concrete. It reinforces it. I don't know about the recipe with hydrated lime, but I know that there's a recipe that's similar to that that uses wood ash. Of course, where you're, where, where you're going to find, you know, enough wood hash to, to, uh, you know, do an entire house, I can't tell you. 
So I, I, I couldn't determine if whether if that was what caused um, this issue or not. Do, do you have an inversion to using one of the commercially available, very reliable products for this? Because you can buy chinking. And by the way, if you're driving down the road thinking, what the heck are they talking about? Chinking, C-H-I-N-K-N-G. <laughs> chinking is, is, think of it as sort of the caulk between the logs of a log house. You know, when you see logs uh, stocked together and it looks like almost masonry uh, or has been, uh, or mortar has been pressed in between like it would for be for bricks, um, that's called chinking. And so that's what we're trying to, to restore here. And it's, and it's unique to log homes. Does the horse hair, does that act as a binding to, to hold the plaster together so it won't crack? I think it would because that's, you know, that's what a re- reinforcement material um, would do. But you know what? <laughs> I got to say, good luck finding ash and horse hair today. You know, there's going to be a... You can buy a horse a, hair mattress. There's going to be a lot of horses out there that yeah. are getting a haircut I have the to, to chink this house. <laughs> you, oh, you have the horses? So that's good. I you got the horses. So you got the horse hair covered. We wish you a lot of luck with this, but I would I would say that you ought, ought to just experiment with a couple of different versions of this, and you find one that works, go for it, because you are in a very unique uh, position there, a very unusual project. project. Yep. Okay. All right, good luck. She's got to be different. Yep. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Tony in North Carolina is up with a decking question. What can we do for you? Great show. Appreciate your great advice. I just had a deck built, and the uh, my builder used a men wax wood finish okay. uh, stain. And his instruction is that I would need to restain it every year because it was oil-based. And uh, I just wanted to know, I don't have a whole lot of time like that, but one is, is there another, is there something on top of this product I could use where it won't fade and wash away with the weather? Well, I mean, it would be unusual for you to have to stay in a deck every single year, especially a brand new deck. But first of all, Tony, what I generally advise folks is to not stain their deck the first year because is this made of pressure treated lumber? It, no, it's not. He used a different type of lumber, and I couldn't tell you right offhand. It's going to be cedar or redwood. It's not composite, is it? It's, it's, it is it is wood and not... No, not not, not composite. It, 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 may have been, it may have been redwood. So you want to keep it clear, so you want to keep it with that red tone to it? Right. You typically need to restain or reseal on a regular basis, but not on an annual basis. And when it comes to choosing that product, you're going to use an exterior stain. There's different uh, porosities to them. If you use semi-transparent, you have sort of a little bit of colorant in there, and you know it'll sort of bring everything into the same tone, but it's not going to completely cover it. Or if you have solid color that has more pigment in there, and then it's all very consistently the same tone, you don't see the grain as much, but it still looks like wood. But a very good quality deck stain like that applied probably every three to five years is what I would expect for maintenance, but certainly not one that you would do every single year. Right. That's been my experience as well, three, three to five years. And um, but I just wasn't sure if I was actually being told completely the correct thing or if there was something else uh, going on with that. That's been my experience, Tony. So, uh, you know, I listen, at this point, it's brand new. you got a coat of stain on there. I just live with it for a year or two and see how it looks. That sounds great. Great advice. All right. Well, good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Ginny in Missouri has a question about a skylight. How can we help you today, Ginny? We have turned our garage into a living room, and consequently we have windows only on the south side where the door was. We have a nice, large living room, but it's been very dark on the north side. 
so I found a wonderful deal on a tubular skylight, and I bought it, but because it's our living room and we have our television in there and such, now I'm concerned about putting it in because is it going to interfere with watch, being able to watch the television in the daytime? Uh, and no one seems to have information about this. Are you saying because of the fact that it will be so bright over the TV, possibly that it would sort of wash it out? Is that what your concern is? Right. It won't be directly over the television. It will be in the middle of the uh, north part. But I, we're just concerned because of reflections and things like that. Yeah, but Tom, the sun tunnels generally, depending on the way they're installed, direct the light straight down, correct? They have diffusers. So the, the, the lens part of it that's at the end, it's kind of more like having a ceiling light fixture when you're done. So I, I don't think it's going to be an issue. I've never heard of that as a complaint, Jenny. So okay. I would tell you to do it. I I think those are great. Those are great products. And, and by the way, for those folks that are not familiar with this, so what a sun tunnel is is um, a, like as Jenny said, a, a tubular skylight. So imagine instead of having to cut a hole in your roof and then build a light shaft, you can cut like a round hole in your roof. You can drop this tube down through it, and basically it snakes down between the roof and the ceiling. Kind of like think of it as a dryer exhaust duct. It's like flexible like that, but it's wide. It's like twelve to fourteen inches wide, and the inside of the tube is polished like a mirror so it takes a lot of light and directs it down that tube to that light diffuser which is at the ceiling level so i think it's a great option and uh, i think it's a good use in this particular space well i really thank you because that was very difficult to find information good luck jenny thanks so much for calling us at 888 money pit did you know that americans take twenty thousand breaths a day and spend an average of 90 percent of their time indoors that's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than a hundred times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's AirDoctorPro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. 
They even have a Wi-Fi connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. All right, heading up north to Canada where Dave in Ontario needs help with a garage door. What can we do for you? I've got the old wooden garage door and over top of it's the uh, the wooden framework and it, the paint was all bulging, so we uh, kind of tapped at it. It looks like the whole thing's dry rotted. So I'm not sure if I'm opening a whole Pandora's box and I'm not going to be able to have to tear the whole garage down, but uh, it looks like I've got to replace the header in it. Now, it's a cement block garage, so I don't know how involved this is going to be. So it's just a header over the garage door. Was there a leak above it? The roof was done a year and a half ago, so and not again. It's not an atta- it's an, a detached garage. So if it was leaking, I'm not really I'm not real sure whether it was uh, long term. But you're not. It's definitely not leaking now. No, no. The lo- everything's dry in there now. And is the roof rafters resting on that header? Yes. It's a four-sided, so I guess I'd call it a cottage. What you're probably going to have to do is you're probably going to have to build a temporary wall to hold up the roof rafters while you disassemble the header. And you do that like right inside the garage door. You basically build kind of a fake wall right up to the underside of those rafters to support them between the garage floor and the underside of the rafters while you do the disassembly and replacement of the header. Then once it's all put back together, then you can disassemble that temporary wall, and then the weight will be transferred back onto the new new header. So that's the process. Would I be jacking that up, taking a little bit of pressure off of it? I, I wouldn't jack it up, but just make it snug. It probably won't move at all. Okay, so this is something I could probably handle myself, or should I be getting a contractor in? Well, it? if you're pretty experienced, yes, but um, it's also the kind of thing that... Uh, you, know, you might need to have a pro help you with if you've not done it every day because you don't want to mess this up. If you get something wrong, then you could cause some structural problems that are going to be um, you know, pretty concerning. Yep, very good. That gets me pointed in the right direction. All right, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, now that the weather is getting warm, why not think about starting some family-friendly outdoor activities for you and the kids In the name of a kid-friendly garden, it is a great way to get the whole family involved in a very fun project. So here is how to get things growing. Yeah, first of all, you've got to create a kid space. Now, if you already have a garden, try to give your kids their own little plot to work within. A three-by-three-foot plot or a raised bed really is the perfect size, and it's a great place to start. Now, you can even use a string to place the grid so that you can actually plot this little area into one-foot squares, and that's going to help your kids organize the different type of plants, and they can place the tallest ones in the back and the shortest ones in the front. 
Now, just like you, they've got to have the right tools to get the job done. But when it comes to kids, there are child-sized tools that are great for gardening. They have kid-friendly gardening tools. You can find them online. They'll look just like mom and dad's, and they'll be very helpful and very inspirational because this way kids will get used to handling those tools, and they'll be an even bigger helper when they get bigger themselves. Yeah, now you got to make this fun and you want to make them feel really successful. So you have to pick the best seeds for kids. Now, depending on their age, kids typically need larger seeds because they've got smaller hands. Now, these are easy to hold and plant. Also, you want to be sure that you research the right types of flowers or crops, whatever it is you're planting for your area, your climate, the amount of sunlight, shade, all of those conditions, because you want this to work, guys. If it works and the kids see how successful they are with whatever it is that you've planted, they're going to want to keep doing it. Absolutely. And you also want to think about choosing the best flowers or crops for your kids. Kids do love instant gratification. So seeds that germinate or harvest very quickly are ideal. So think about plants like sunflowers, which are, by the way, going to grow taller than your four-year-old very quickly, which is super fun. Snap peas, cherry tomatoes, potatoes, and carrots are all great additions to any kid-friendly garden. And you also now think about creating a schedule. Let's set things up so that it's easy to follow and that you're able to stick to. So make something that's an easy schedule to work with. Now, this is going to allow your child to participate by not only keeping track of their chores with the garden, but give them information that they need to remind you of your own chores. A dry erase board on your fridge, a chalkboard, a simple calendar. doesn't have to be too elaborate, but something that really looks like it's, hey, this is a formal schedule. That's going to work. Now, there are a lot of great ways to take advantage of a child's active imagination and make gardening fun. So make sure you involve them in the decisions, like which color plants should go next to which and so on. And let the kids name every plant and allow them to add their own special touches to it as well. Keep it fun. They'll be engaged. They'll enjoy watching these flowers and plants and gardens grow. And who knows, at some point, they're going to be ready to help you with the bigger garden for everyone's benefit. Gary in Michigan, you have got the money pit. How can we help you today? We have a short circuit. There's somewhere in our house we have a a wire that blows our fuse all the time. Okay. Does it happen because you're doing anything, like running an appliance or something of that nature? No, we just hit the circuit breaker and it goes off. What do you mean you hit the circuit breaker and it goes off? You mean you turn the circuit breaker on and it pops right off? Yes. Yeah, exactly. We bought the house. We didn't know about it, and it's there now. Okay. Well, you got to call an electrician because the circuit breaker is doing its job. If the circuit breaker is not letting you turn that circuit back on, then that circuit is either wired dangerously or it has a bad breaker or there is something wrong with the way it's all pulling together. So I think that this is not something you can track down on your own because you can't even get the power on. The electrician is going to have to do this with the power off and see if we can trace out that circuit, see what it's serving. Do you know, have any idea what it's going to? Yeah, kind of. Yep. Well, I mean, is there something not working? Is there lighting not working? Are there outlets not working? Where do you think it's going? It's yeah, not a on. whole it's room. On. Yeah, whole one, room. Yeah. So there's one room. Okay. So then what it'll probably do is they're going to have to open up the um, the outlets and the switches and, and the lighting fixtures in that room and check out every connection point and see if there's any evidence. There could be something burning in there. You don't know. So you definitely need to have an electrician check it out. I would go to homeadvisor.com and find an electrician through there. You can pick one that's got great ratings and schedule an appointment and see what happens. But it's definitely not something you should do yourself. If it was, I'd tell you, but this is beyond 
you know, the average homeowner's uh, skill set. It's potentially dangerous and it's important for your safety uh, and uh, to make sure your house doesn't burn down. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Been staring at my four walls now for what about a month or so, and uh, I'm getting a little tired of them. I need a new project. So this week I washed the windows in the garage. That's kind of far out there, but you know what? I had washed the windows and everything else inside, so I really had to sort of extend the perimeter of my spring cleaning. <laughs> so I took these door panels that have like the fake grids off the overhead doors, and I washed them. Yeah. And now it looks good once again, and I feel better about it. Got to dig deep for those projects. <laughs> Tom, I keep organizing everything like within an inch of its life. I'm like, kids, we're doing the basement again. And they're like, oh, oh, no. do we have to? And so my rule is if you don't participate, you cannot be mad at the toys or things I get rid of because I'm assuming you don't play with them anymore. And like literally they will be like, hey, where's that thing that I haven't thought of? And I'm like, oh, you knew the game. You took your chance. That's right. Yeah. Or, or you can tell them, you know, look, your choice is either to help mom clean the basement or do schoolwork. Those are your only two choices for the next hour. So think quickly. What are you going to do? <laughs> You're sending me into a tizzy because those both are terrible. Tom. I know. <laughs> well, I mean, if you want to get some help. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that I've had a lot more success without them helping. I've never seen our play areas look so more tidy. <laughs> Krista in Vermont is on the line and is dealing with some very low water pressure. Tell us what's going on. I bought my house about a year ago, and I'm on a shared well with my two other neighbors, and they both have great water pressure, but we have really awful water pressure. Like, it takes three hours for the washing machine to run. Um, We can't use our garden hose. And we've had some plumbers come take a look, and they said that there must be some kind of restriction in the water pipe since the other neighbors... Um, both have really great water pressure. This is not well water. You're on street water? We're we're on well water. We're on well water. And the well serves all the neighbors? Yeah, it serves the two neighbors that live north of us. Okay. Well, I mean, they're right that there could be a restriction. The restriction could be a valve that's partially closed. It may look open, but maybe it's really closed. It could be um, if you have old pipes. Do you have old pipes there? How old is the house? Yeah, it's from 54. You know, old, old, old yeah, for plumbing is, is like, is like, you know, twenties, thirties, forties when they had steel okay. pipes. So 54 is going to be copper and, and decent quality copper. So here's what I would do. I would start testing that water pressure at different points. If you can test it close to where it comes into the house, that'd be the first place to check it. You may have to put, you may have okay. to put it, a, put a tap in the pipe to do that, like an extra little valve, um, to do that. But I would start checking it at different points and see if we can kind of narrow down where the restriction is. Okay. You have to do a little detective work here. You're going to find that some point that's restricted could be the main water valve if you've got one. Sometimes well systems don't have those. Right. The valve in our house was just replaced, but I don't know about the valve at our neighbor's house where the wellhead is. And we were also told by one plumber that we could put a water pressure tank in the house to fix it, and then another plumber told us that wouldn't work at all. That's not going to work. You need a you could there's a booster that you could put in, but I would I would start 
trying to figure out if this is a problem at, at the point where the water comes into the house, because that kind of changes the discussion. It's not your plumbing. It's the well system. And I imagine you have some some rights since you're sharing a common well here to, to get the same pressure as everybody else. Yeah. And that's okay. going to have to be a discussion you'll have with the people that are involved. Okay. But you got to yeah. figure out what you got. You don't know that yet. And that's the way to do it. Does that make sense? All right. Yeah. Sounds good. Thank you. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Well, of all the cleaning questions that we get, how to clean a hardwood floor takes the lead. Now, it's a tough spot to keep clean with all the dirt that gets tracked in. And it's also one where you can't use a lot of water without potentially ruining that floor itself. That's right. So there are a few things that wear out a hardwood floor faster than the dirt that's brought in. You know, if you think about it, it's like sandpaper, except that it's the foot traffic that grinds it into the finish. So step one, literally, is to get in the habit of cleaning the floor regularly. For us, that always meant keeping the dust mop very handy. Yeah, but speaking of mops, it used to be that a dust mop was all that you ever dared use on a hardwood floor because too much moisture could make it warp or twist. Now, a better solution is the Jaws Hardwood Floor Cleaner. It's part of the earth-friendly line of products that you'll find at JawsCleans.com, and it does a great job of lifting off dirt and grime from not only hardwood, but just about any other hard surface flooring, including tile, laminate, marble, even bamboo. Yeah, and it's easy to use because you just spray it on and you wipe it clean with a microfiber towel or a mop. It works very quickly and it doesn't leave a haze. So many of those floor cleaners leave a haze and it's also non-toxic. So I like that it's safe for kids and it's safe for the pets. You're going to like the JAWS system, too. Now, with JAWS, it stands for Just Add Water System. You refill the JAWS spray bottle with water and then reload a concentrated cleaning pod, screw that sprayer in, and the solution mixes with the water to create an entirely new bottle of that cleaner. Yeah, check out the entire line of JAWS cleaners at JAWSCleans.com. They've got disinfectant, glass cleaner, kitchen degreaser. They have a daily shower cleaner, a granite cleaner, and, of course, that hardwood floor cleaner we were talking about. Uh, and if you enter the promo code MONEYPIT at checkout, they'll knock 25% off the cost of your order. That's JawsCleans.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Richard in Wisconsin's on the line with a lighting question. How can we help you today? Yes, uh, I would like to know where a person could find a floor lamp or a table lamp with a dimmer switch on it instead of the three-way switch. That way you could have one bulb and you it wouldn't it, it'd last longer, I know, than a regular uh, three-way switch does. Well, certainly you can find lamps that are capable of having dimmer switches. I think it would be unlikely for the lamp itself to have the dimmer. It's more likely that the lamp, you want to get one that's not on three-way and put it, plug it into a dimmer switch. There are, for example, floor switches that I've seen that are on like a slider. It's almost a foot switch where it slides from full brightness, you know, down to, to the dimmest setting. And it's basically just ramping up and down the power that's going to that, uh, to that lamp. So I think you want to find a standard floor lamp and then you want to find a second dimmer switch that you can plug it into. So there are portable, so to speak, or plug-in dimmer switches as opposed to the kind that are wired in to the wall, Richard, and that would be the solution uh, to that problem. They're very inexpensive, and I'm sure you'll find them uh, online or in electrical supply stores. So, so take a look, and I think that is the solution. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Well, if you're taking on a painting project while stuck at home, you may be tempted to toss that used paintbrush, but... Contrary to the very popular DIY practice of use it and lose it, most paintbrushes are not supposed to be disposable. There is a better way you can actually clean them. Yeah, definitely. So here's what you do need to know. 
When painting with latex, clean as you go. When the job's done, it's time to get out the paint that's collected deep into the filaments. So run your brushes upside down under a faucet. And when the water runs clear, brush the filaments with a metal brush comb. Or if you've got a hair comb that you're not using anymore, that'll work too in a pinch. And that's going to straighten out the bristles and then coaxes any of those bits of dried paint out from all in that fur. Yeah, I've used a pet comb for that or pet brush because that's usually a wire brush as well and the pet doesn't seem to mind because i clean the brush too (laughs) they have similar that's right so then you want to of course get rid of all that excess water shake it off let the brush dry really well and when you're done with the project and you've cleaned your brush for the last time store the brushes in a plastic zipper bag or better yet put them back in their original packing sleeve because it tends to keep all the bristles aligned and it actually makes a difference. You know, if you get like frizzy bristles, they're going to like not paint very accurately and you're going to be having to like mask a lot more and just not getting a good paint job out of it. So try to put it back into that original sleeve that it came with when you're done. I'm going to say that 90% of the people listening right now went, ah, threw it out already. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Next brush is save the sleeve for it. Now, if you're working with oil paint, the first stop is a dirty jar. Now, that's where the bristle tips soak in paint thinner without touching the bottom. This way, they don't become bent. Now, if you do need the brush the next day, soak it overnight, then comb it out and get back to work. If it's being put away for a while, still soak it overnight, then comb it, and then dip it in a jar of clean solvent. You want to shake off the excess and then wipe dry on a newspaper or a rag. Now, here's a trick of the trade that can save you from having to clean brushes between coats, because we know that's when you're really tempted to toss out the old brush and get a new one. But while it's still wet, wrap it. Wrap it with clear plastic wrap, like cellophane or wax paper, and put it in a Ziploc bag. Then toss it in the freezer. Yes, I said the freezer. Now, the paint's not going to dry out. And you'll be able to thaw it quickly and get back to work right where you left off when it's time to start painting again. I do the same with rollers. Yeah, the same thing. The same advice applies to rollers as well. Yeah. Now, of course, you don't want to do that if there's weeks between the project. But, you know, if you're just trying to do this for the next day or or two or even maybe maybe two or three days, I'd probably be okay with that. Um, But you can put it right in the freezer and this way you don't have to clean it. Jerry in North Carolina needs some help with driveway repair. What is going on? Well, I've lived in the home I'm currently in for 23 years, and it had just a little pebble driveway when I moved in. About 20 years ago, I had an asphalt driveway put in. And over the years, I've done some of the you know maintenance stuff you're supposed to have done, like slurry seal things. But probably right. I let too much time elapse between that a couple of times. And now I've been told by a professional that it's, Probably not fixable, but I'll get another few years out of it, but I'll have to replace it with something. So my question is, what's the best, most cost-effective but attractive thing to put in Hmm. place of an asphalt driveway? Right. So the reason that you want to replace the asphalt driveway, is it cracked? It's got lots of tiny cracks, but they're going to get bigger, and it's probably going to start crumbling apart in the next few years. Okay, is it is it um, sunken in in any places, or is it just the surface wear and tear and the cracking? Yeah, it's not sunken in, no. All right, well, look, um, if it's not sunken in, that means they must have done a really good job when they put it down the first place because okay. you have no displacement of the driveway base itself. And if you're to tear that up and start from scratch, you know, it's going to be a pretty expensive project. The least okay. expensive way to do this would be to, to add another layer of asphalt on top of it. Now, I'm not talking about just sealing the driveway, driveway but actually putting a, a thin layer over what you have right now. 
And that's okay. going to look like a new driveway. And because the base is solid and it's not moving, you know, sometimes we get these calls and, and it's sunken, it's twisted, it's broken, it's because it all settled out. But if it's relatively solid and all you're talking about is just the, the degradation of the surface, another layer of asphalt on top of that might be the hot ticket. It'll be the least expensive way to go. And you'll have what looks like a brand new driveway, you know, in an afternoon, essentially. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, that sounds awesome because I was I was thinking I would have to be the one to tear it apart and get rid of it first, and then yeah, have something no. else to down. We can think of other projects for you to do that same weekend if you like, but that's one you don't have to do. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's great. Um, I will look into having that quoted. In- All right, good. And remember, when you talk to these contractors, a lot of them will try to talk you into a bigger project than you need. But if it's structurally sound, I think that's really all you do need to do. Okay. All right. Well, thanks so much. Well, whatever it is that you are working on, we're here to lend a hand. You can always post your question just like Gus did. Now, Gus writes, recently, the bathtub in my daughter's bathroom started draining very slowly. I bought a bottle of Drano from the local store, followed the directions on the bottle. The water now drains faster, but as soon as the tub starts to drain, I hear loud gurgling sounds from the drain as the water leaves. What is causing this? One of two things. You either have an obstruction in the pipes or you don't have um, enough ventilation uh, in the plumbing system itself. I would vote on the obstruction first. So a couple of things that easy things to try. If you happen to have a wet, dry vacuum, you know, rather than trying to like sort of snake out the pipes, you could put that wet, dry vacuum right on the drain itself and suck out whatever's in there. If it's near the top of the drain, it'll come up and go into the wet, dry vacuum. Sometimes that works very well. Another idea is to try to use a snake on it. Now, if you've got one of those drains that has like the twist uh, where you have to like spin it and then it's a pop-up, pop-down kind of a drain, they seem to be really good at trapping hair. And if that's the case, there is a snake that you can order that literally is like about, I don't know, three bucks, four bucks. It's plastic. It's about two feet long. It uh, has hooks on the side of it, and I found that really cheap, inexpensive snake to be super easy to use. And uh, I'll tell you what, it kept uh, it kept my daughter out of uh, having to call the plumber and her three roommates for all the years she was in college. Because I bought one, I said, keep it, you're going to need it. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's called a drain weasel, so you can look that up. And beyond that, though, you'll have to get a professional drain cleaning service to perhaps come out and scope those pipes and, and see what's going on. And then finally, if the steps are taken and it's still a bit of a noisy drain, the issue is more likely that the plumbing system is not vented properly or the vent itself could be blocked because if it's not vented properly, that gurgling is the result of it being starved for air. And that has to be addressed by a plumber. So for now, it doesn't seem like it's crisis, uh, but those are the things to look into. All right, now here's one from Tom S. who asked a question on Facebook, who writes, what's the best to install for home value, a bathtub shower combo, or just a walk-in shower? Ah, well, 
I would say, Leslie, you need to have at least one bathtub because young families need it for the kids. So for if sure. it's the only bath in the house, I would definitely go with a tub because that could negatively impact your ability to sell the house. But if you've got two baths, then I think a walk-in shower is great, especially for the master bathroom. But definitely need at least one while the kids are in those bathtub years. Listen, and then when you're an adult, you still want a bathtub too sometimes. I've got a bathtub in my house that I can either choose to have my lower half in the water or my (laughs) upper half in the water. So, you know, being that we only have the one bath, we're stuck with this for now. But bathtub, yes. (laughs) (laughs) True. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Hey, thank you so much for spending this part of your day listening to us rattle on about home improvement projects and home decor projects. We hope that we've given you some good tips and ideas to help you improve your space. If you've got questions, especially now as we're spending so much time home, we welcome those questions through our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the Money Pit or directly submitted on moneypit.com. We're doing our best to keep up with the flow of questions. Certainly there are a lot more more that are coming in now that uh, we're spending all the time we are at home. But we're happy to see that everyone has taken this time to fix up and maintain their homes and make them more comfortable. So we are here for you no matter how long it takes. We are going to get through this together. and We are going to beat this thing together. And meanwhile, we're going to help you take care of your spaces so that you are comfortable as we do it. That's all the time we have for now. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 